Canucks Central Sunday. It's Dan Richo and Satyar Shaw with you live from Rogers Arena as the uh, Canucks end-of-season player availabilities are set to take place. We will hear from uh, a lot of different Canucks players, and I believe first up will be Captain Bo Horvat, JT Miller, the leading scorer, and Oliver Ekman Larson. So, uh... It's going to be the headliners to start right out of the gate for the Canucks here. And sad, it's um, it's one of those days. I, you always wonder what you're going to hear at an end-of-season availability. Last year, it was obviously uh, more somber after the way the team played. But so far, there's been a lot of positive thoughts just given the way the team finished the season despite missing the playoffs. Yeah, there's definitely... A more a more of an air of positivity at the end of the season, despite the fact this team missed the playoffs. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that this team has a new head coach, have a new regime behind the scenes in management, and it's a lot easier after this yep. strong finish to have some optimism about where this may lead. With Boudreaux remaining as head coach, when hopefully we see an extension come down relatively soon, and also as far as decisions that will be made by management to put this team over the top and get it back into the playoffs. And I think that consumer confidence, despite the fact this team missed the playoffs, is a bit higher than it was the past couple of years. And it has to be. Um, the way they finished the season, 72 points uh, under Bruce Boudreaux, nothing to really scoff at. And you can hear, you've been able to tell that the players feel like they've found something. Now, how do you carry that into next year? That's uh, that's the big question mark. And also, there is the inevitability of change that happens with every offseason. How deep does that change go is kind of a question mark for everybody. There will be a lot of moving parts for this roster but it was also a year where we saw a lot of really strong individual performances and you know you think about Bo Horvat reaching a career high in goals despite missing the last couple of weeks of the season JT Miller getting to 99 points um, Elias Pettersson reaching a point total that he never got to before despite the fact that he had a very slow start as much as we look back on this season, it feels like the individual performances of it all is is one of the main storylines. How do you have all this and also get a team that's more consistent towards winning hockey games? you got to improve the roster, number one. As yeah. good as this team has finished the season and as much as a lot of these individual players have come in and, and shown they are capable of being part of the solution, many of them at least, and some guys that bounce back after tough starts. But if you are going to really build on this, the team has to improve. Yeah. The question is, how do you go about improving the team? Is this something where this team goes and they're aggressive to make a couple of adjustments and tweaks to be a lot better next year? Or do we see a bit of a longer-term approach? And not something that's going to take you know three to four to five years, but a slight step back or a sideways step this offseason to allow you to take a leap forward a year from now. But ultimately, as well as this team finished, they still got to get better. It's yeah. still not a team where you look at it and say, you know what, bring everybody back and we feel good about them being a contender next year. You bring everyone back, they could make the playoffs next season, no doubt. But how are you giving yourself a chance to build on that the year afterwards and how do you get more players into the fold to put yourself over the top? And because this team is going to have to make a few creative moves to get there, the more logical step seems to be take a step, slight step back or a sideways step this offseason in order to give yourself that chance. 
Yeah, and open up some cap flexibility, which we know has been a uh, big priority for the front office since they came in and took over for the prior regime. We will not hear from management today. Uh, Jim Rutherford, Patrick Alvin, uh, Bruce Boudreaux, uh, the coach of this team, uh, that is not yet set for when they will specifically speak to the media, but it will be over the next couple of days beyond this one so just players today will have some exclusives as uh, the players t- speak with the main media and then they'll will uh, some of them will be able to come over here and speak with us exclusively here on Canuck Central yeah we'll have uh, the first group up in about five to ten minutes or so and it's going to be JT Miller, Bo Horvat, Oliver Ekman-Larsen and Alex Chason so we'll hear from those players right away and uh, it will be interesting to, to hear from JT and Bo. Now, we've already heard from JT, especially with that great piece from Ian McIntyre. And if you missed it, yeah. make sure to go read it on sportsnet.ca. Also, our post-game interview with him after, uh, was it Game 82? Game 81. Game 81. And uh, it was the final home game when we yeah. had a chat with him. And we also spoke to uh, Luke Shen as well uh, around that Actually, same it was time. Game... It was Luke Shen. It was, a game, it was probably Game 79 or Game 80. Yeah. It was Game 80, I believe it was. When we spoke it was the, to... the Seattle game. Yeah. We spoke to JT afterwards, and he spoke eloquently about how he wants to be back and how he's proud of this team, and he's looking forward to taking another step with this group next season. And then the piece with IMAC where he mentioned that he's very excited and encouraged by the development of this core, and they think they have a lot of big things coming for them. And it's quite the contrast from the tone he had earlier when asked about this, because we had him on Canuck Central a couple of months ago now. Yeah. It was around just after the deadline. And we asked him, you know, how do you feel about being here long term? Is this a place you want to be beyond your contract? And he essentially punted on the answer and said, I'm focused on this season. I don't know the role that I have, but all I'm worried about right now is trying to win hockey games. And his tune was quite a bit different. So we are expecting to hear something along those lines tonight. I mean, this after, this morning when he meets with the media. Bo Horvat. Yeah. That's a guy we haven't really heard from. Now, none of us are expecting him to come out and say, yeah, I'm not sure about wanting to be here, but it's going to be his chance to perhaps give some words of encouragement about his future here. He is a uh, new dad again, second time around, Bo Horvat. So how much is he going to start demanding? <laughs> Does the AAV ask up an extra million? Hey, man. Uh, <laughs> it might have to. Do you know what inflation is these days? you got an extra kid to take care of. <laughs> it ain't cheap. You um, put him through hockey. Exactly. Uh, so it, th- that is the Like if I had a one. kid, I'd ask for an extra 500000 for every kid <laughs> on my AAV every year. <laughs> They don't cost that much. Plus, you get tax breaks, right? Do you get tax breaks? I don't know. I've I've not gone that far down the line. It is tax season. Uh, You can let us know. But if you're a team, though, like if you're a management group, like every time a a player has a child, are you excited or are you, like, worried that they're going to ask for more money? (laughs) Well, there's contract negotiations coming up. Problem is, you get paid on uh, what you're doing uh, on the ice, and Horvat had quite the year. You know, it... Bo, much like uh, a lot of players on this team, really struggled through the first half and then really had a super hot second half of the season. Uh, we talked about Elias Pettersson a lot, but Bo is in that same category with the amount of goals that he scored. It, it, it's a really interesting and delicate situation that this team has to navigate because, yes, you want to keep both JT Miller and Bo Horvat, but... You know, that comes at a cost, and you have to have 
not just a number for each player, but also a number for what that could cost you combined, mm-hmm. and then how you would be able to work the rest of the roster around that. Well, and if you're signing both those guys to long-term deals, it has to be a team-friendly number to some degree. Yeah, You can't end up paying premiums for both those guys. And by premiums, I mean the absolute max UFA money. So, I mean, you're talking about 8.5 to $9 million for JT and potentially 7.5 or so for Bo Horvat. I just don't see a world where you can commit upwards of $16, 17000000 million combined to those, those two players into their 30s. When you already have Oliver ekman Larson signed into his late 30s at over $7 million. So the only way I foresee both those guys signing is if both end up giving, I wouldn't have to say a massive discount, but it would yeah. have to be somewhat team-friendly. Like you have to take less than you would take elsewhere for both those guys to come back. So we've heard the uh, comp for Miller as Zibanejad, 8 by 8.5. Zibanejad reached a career-high 81 points this year. Yeah. And now he got paid based off a shortened season when he put up a lot more points and stuff yeah. like that as well. And you know he seemed to be on did have a forty goal year. Yeah, and too, he seemed on you know that. to be on uh, on uh, the trajectory so to speak. But you're right. I mean, you start comparing the numbers, it's not hard for you to make a case that JT should get paid as much, if not more, than a guy like Mika Zibanejad. Very similar age ranges when the contracts kick in. And even if you say, okay, maybe JT can't demand eight years, maybe he demands seven at eight and a half potentially. And I don't know. I can't see Vancouver signing him to a contract worth eight, eight and a half million over seven, eight years. I just don't yeah. see that being the case. And how much is he going to hold firm to something along those lines? And the question does become: How willing is he to, to wait another year, or will there be another team that comes calling this off season that knocks on the door and says, "Hey, we'll give you what you want for JT, and we're going to give JT what he wants contract wise." It's um. It, it is a fascinating situation. 650, 650 on the Dunbar Lumber text line. What do you want to hear from Bo and JT? Let us know there, and uh, maybe we'll be able to ask those questions to the players as they uh, come through here for an exclusive interview. Alan coming in on the Dunbar Lumber text line. You guys are great. Working on a Sunday. Much appreciated. No problem. Any update on Bruce Boudreaux? Uh, also, Benny from Abbey wants to hear about Bruce Boudreaux. Uh, Bruce, there it is. What is uh, what is happening with the Canucks head coach? Well, Bruce is not here no. right now. Or, I mean, at least we have not seen him. Today is players now. only. Yeah, so no Bruce. I'm not expecting a Bruce update necessarily during the proceedings here. But I, I, I believe we're, we've entered the stage where an announcement on his future could be relatively imminent. Yeah. You know, is that going to be later today? Could it be tomorrow ahead of, uh, you know, management and Boudreaux meeting with the media? That's certainly a possibility. You got to be careful and not say it's a foregone conclusion until it's done because we've seen these things go off the rails in the past. But I'd say everything is trending towards something getting done and relatively quickly still with Boudreaux and this Canucks team. And that's that's the way it's been trending for a while. Uh, We've talked about that on the show over the last number of weeks. Um, you know, I went, um, uh, you know, end of the hockey season, I just had the itch to go golfing. As soon as the sun came out yesterday, I uh, just hopped on as a single over at, uh, over at McCleary, uh, to try and uh, work the kinks out of my swing. And how'd that go for you? Ended up playing with a couple of, uh, diehard Canucks fans and listeners, uh, of the show. Uh, so Will, uh, Alex, uh, appreciate you, but, uh, we'll talk more about that story. As uh, we hear from J.T. Miller, Bo Horvat, and OEL now. Um, the end of my tibia, I believe, is, I don't know the exact where the, the placement was, but it was 
it broke on that shot and um luckily there's no displacement or anything like that it doesn't require surgery or anything so um it's just a six to eight week um kind of thing right now and just uh yeah just healing day by day which hurt more the break or the realization that a your season's over but b also it probably impacts ultimately what happened with the group yeah i'm, I'm not gonna lie it it sucked all around um no, obviously at the time, just hoping it was a stinger since it hit me on the shot blocker. But um, yeah, no, it, it was it was tough to to let that sink in. Where um, you know, obviously, you feel like you let your teammates down. You feel like you let the team down when when you're not allowed to come. You know, not able to, to help them in the most important time of the year. So that uh, it definitely sucked. Uh, Bo, I saw on Instagram yesterday that uh, while you've been off, you welcomed a, a new addition to the family. Congratulations. Yeah. And uh, how did that feel, being able, I guess, to maybe have a little bit more time to spend with Holly through that process? Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's funny how things work out, too. I mean, if she went into labor the day that these guys um, went out to Edmonton, so if I was playing, um, you know, I would have to fly back to, to make, the, make the birth. So, I mean... No, we're obviously thrilled um, to have our little girl in, into the world now, and um, both mom and, and baby are doing great. So, yeah, I'm really excited. Do you have a name? Yeah, Tulsa. Tulsa, where we're at. So. Spelling? Yeah, no, T-U. T-U. Like the city. Not like the car? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> a bit of a ring to it. Bo, just, just another one here. Um, what did you make of your season? I mean, you, you get a career high, and, and you really established yourself as such a strong two-way player. As much as there's such disappointment in the year, what do you take from it? Because this isn't like another end of the year we're all gathering and everybody's bemoaning a really bad season. Um, what about the optimism in your game and what it can mean for the team next year? Because there's certainly a lot of it. Yeah, I mean, there's always ups and downs towards, you know, in the season. I think um, I definitely had that this year. Obviously, I think... The better part of my game um, came towards, um, you know, when, um, you know, towards the end when we were obviously playing better and and uh, and winning games and, and seemed like we were really coming together as a team. Obviously, at the end of the day, it's it wasn't uh, wasn't good enough to make the playoffs, and I think that's disappointing. And obviously, I can take what I learned this year and, and kind of, you know, the things I did well this year into next season. But always going to con- continue to keep getting better during the summers. JT, when you Got one point early there in Edmonton. Did you think that uh, you could get the 100 point thing out of the way? You certainly had some great looks at the end there. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> when I got that one there, it definitely made it a little more realistic. Uh, yeah, I was playing that. I think I told you guys I wasn't going to cheat before the game. That might have been the worst third period I've ever played yeah. in my life. Uh, <laughs> uh, had plenty of chances. Uh, power play had some good looks. Um, just came up short, but to me, honestly, I mean, it would have been great, but uh, it, it's. I lost. I didn't lose any sleep over it. Uh, uh, the, the support I had from my teammates to to help me get it was awesome, and, and the coaching staff. I mean, calling a timeout when I hadn't left the ice there in overtime in a while, and I didn't really have much left in the tank. But you know, I just appreciate the support from my teammates to really try to push for it because you know the odds of that you know happening again are pretty slim. I, I know you're not into silver linings, JT, when you guys don't reach your goal of making the playoffs. But this was a little bit different in getting so far uh, in the second half and getting so close. What, what can you take from it? Um, well, I mean, we, we have a lot of positive things to look forward to moving forward. Uh, you know, it's 
our goal is to make the playoffs, and that's not okay. So, I mean, there's a sense of where we failed in that department. But, um, you know, it's you know for next season we have a building block and we have built a little bit up of a little bit of a standard of how we play and, you know, what makes our team really, really good and what makes our team not effective. And I think when we started to understand that more and more in the last uh, half of the season and became a very hard team to play against. So, I mean, that, those are exciting things. I'm going to ask Alex one there because he's sitting on the end. Um, opportunity certainly uh, came up through injury, but you certainly delivered. What did you make of the stretch drive, and what did it mean to you? Yeah, I mean, uh, <clears throat> like I've said before, I, I uh, it's not always been easy. You know, I've 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 uh, I've gone through uh, three PTOs in my career, and uh, to get an opportunity like like I did towards the end of the year with, with uh, injuries and, um, you know, being able to be on the par play, playing with Millsy for uh, a couple weeks. Uh, just, you know, I, when you look at it, it just, you look back and you appreciate that because it's, it's, uh, it's hopefully giving me a, an opportunity to extend my career by a year or two and, um <coughs> Not sure if we had the same discussion, uh, if we had this this uh, conversation at Christmas. So, uh, just I've kind of moved around quite a bit. Um, for a team that only been on for a year, this is a this is a really close group. Uh, and obviously, the stretch of, that we went on for the last uh, couple of weeks it, it it brings everyone together. Um, would be a, a, an honor to, to come back next year and um, help the guys and, and continue what we uh, we built this year. Hi, my question is for Oliver. Um, a couple of days ago, Coach Boudreau was talking about how impressed he was with your play in the late stage of the season in particular. Um, I'm wondering if you felt that and how you sort of felt about your season in general and how your season evolved after um, Bruce took over. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> obviously I've never been in this situation before, uh, coming into a new team and, and um, I mean... First of all, the guys have been great all year. Um, made it so much easier for me to come in and get into a new new room and get to new um, know new guys. So, um, but overall, I'm I'm pretty happy about my my season. Um, but at the same time, we didn't make the goal, and that was playoffs. So um, that's something that we're gonna have to change uh, for next year. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I got put in in a in, in a different role and and. Um, I've always been a guy that uh, put the team in front of myself, so uh, and I'm going to keep doing that. And, and whatever I need to do to make this team successful, that's what I'm what I'm going to do. So, but overall, yeah, it was a pretty good first year, I would say. And are you or any of you planning to go to World Championships in Finland? Uh, I haven't made up my mind yet, so I'll probably do that uh, the next couple of days. But well, it's such a hockey cliche to talk about you know, games in October I mean, as much as they do in April. But given what this team went through in those first 25 and the way you chased, like, how does that shape your view of hitting the ground from day one of training camp for next season? Yeah, I mean, I think it just shows right there to hit the ground running. I mean, you know, who knows if we're 
in those 25 games, we're even 500 or even just a little bit better. We're in a playoff spot right now. It's just, you know, it's uh, it's a fine line. And, um, you know, obviously it would have been nice to, to kick things off a little uh, little sooner and and get off to a better start. But, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, you know, we, we did that to ourselves. We made it that much harder on ourselves. Uh, obviously, I'm, I couldn't be prouder of the, the group, the way we came together towards the end. And, I mean, went on the run we did. Um, when a lot of people counted us out, we just kept climbing and, and fighting back, even when we had injuries and guys went down with COVID. Everybody stepped up at different times. So um, we got a lot of character in the room. We got a lot of guys that, um, you know, can step up and play anywhere in our lineup. And I think that, um, you know, we should be excited about the future and excited about next year and, and get off to a better start and, and continue that through 82 games. JT, power play finished eighth in the league in goals, scored ninth, I think, in percentage. The top ten power play, anyway, you cut it. If you guys were all back in that same group, I mean, just the familiarity, uh, I mean, do you see the potential for that just to continue to build and grow and, and you know, maybe a top five power play? Yeah, we did it two years ago. And, uh, you know, I talked a lot about last year. It's kind of hard to read too much into, but, I mean, you know, for the last – Majority of the last three years, I mean, we've been in the top ten in the league. Um, earlier in the year, when we it felt like we could do everything but score, uh, it seemed like the exact opposite was happening. Coming down the stretch, um, we push ourselves a lot to be. We want to be the best power play. Um, I mean, we have a high standard on that group, and you know you can see it when we don't score or when we don't, you know, create momentum like we talk about. Like when we come back to the bench, guys aren't happy, and I, you know sometimes people think that we're just getting mad, but it, you know we really want to score, and I think that's a you know, we expect a lot out of ourselves as a group, and that's everybody from, you know, Huggy, Petey, Bess, Chaser, Bo, like uh, whoever's O even was out there a lot this year too. Like everybody, like everybody has a high expectation level, and um, you know, we like, we have a lot of talent, so I think we understand that if we kind of keep it simple, sometimes you know we're going to get a lot of success and results, but we're also learning each other and getting very comfortable, and it, it's becoming more uh, predictable, and it's kind of a one step ahead mentality against the penalty kill. Now that 82 games are in the in the book and you can kind of reflect on the season as a whole, um, JT, what would you, if there was one reason you were to give for the first 25 games versus what we saw after, like what, what flipped in terms of your club's ability to just win? The special teams. I mean, I think if we were 15th in both or 20th in both, we would have a playoff spot the majority of the season. And yeah, I don't know. It's 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 so important. Special teams are so important. Um, when you get in the playoffs, they're so important because there's not much ice five on five. Uh, honestly, I mean, I don't I don't know exactly what they would be, but I know that if we were not in the 60s percent in the penalty kill, I mean, it didn't matter what we did, the puck ended up in our net. So um, you know, we created a lot of good things after that, and we were very mentally tough to come out and keep pushing on the special teams, but. To be honest, I don't think a whole lot was different, you know, from a defending standpoint. We defended well all year, uh, I think, from a numbers, you know, perspective. So I think if our special teams were better, honestly, we would have been in a. We wouldn't have felt like we had to play catch up all year, and it's not as emotionally draining, you know. I think we could have saved some of that energy, you know, emotionally. But I think it pretty much boils down to that. You played center almost the whole season, really, for the first time in your NHL career, anyway. Um, I'm just curious to ask you, especially with, I mean, we see the production, but in terms of slowing down as a puck carrier, being sort of a playmaker first, uh, did you feel like you played this season differently perhaps than you have in the past? Yeah, it's just different 
<coughs> excuse me, playing center to wing, um, I really enjoy having the puck in my own end as much as I do in the other end. Like I, I you know, I talk a lot with my defense, and you know, I really <coughs> challenge myself to get the puck out first. I think if you can break the puck out clean, you're going to have a lot more zone time offensively. And so I think it fits my game. Like I'm not super fleet of foot, you know, out of the starting block. So I, I really do like playing low and slow. And um, you know, but there are parts of my game that complement playing wing. I think like. Reading the play and skating and being on the forecheck, you know, that's kind of my game on the wing and getting more pucks down the walls. And, you know, as a center, I'm more of a distributor. So, I mean, I like doing that. I think it fits my game well. I mean, I've played center a lot over my career, and obviously the older I get, the more I seem to be playing it. So, I mean, I enjoy it. Uh, Bo, after Bruce came in, it looked like a lot of different guys were getting an opportunity on the penalty kill, even some guys on the power play as well. What does that do for some of the players that maybe haven't done that role? Does it get them more engaged in the games. What does it kind of bring when you see guys like Quinn and Petey getting an opportunity to kill penalties? Yeah, I, I think I thought it was great for for those guys. Um, you know, Petey especially, I thought he got him, um, you know, in the game a little bit more, especially early. If You know, some games you're, you know, you're killing penalties two or three times in the first period. And, and I know even for myself, um, before this, you know, before Bruce came, I wasn't killing either. And, you know, it's hard, it's it's tough to get in the game sometimes. And um, Petey's got such a great stick and, and great reads out there and, and, and can skate as well. So, I mean, um, I enjoyed penalty killing with him. Um, he was easy to read off of. And, and same with Quinn. He's he's just so smart. You know, he's, um, you know, obviously not going to have muscle guys, uh, you know, sometimes. And, and But, I mean, just his, his stick reads and, and the way he can – um, you know, anticipate passes and stuff out there. I think it, it definitely added to our PK for sure. Uh, question for you, Oliver. You played basically every minute with Tyler Myers this year, it feels like. Um, how do you kind of grow that year by year? It, it's it's a situation where you get to play with the same partner the whole season. Likely going to get a chance next year as well. We'll see what happens. But how do you kind of grow that as the, the time goes on and more games that you guys play together? No, I mean, obviously you get to know each other. Uh, you kind of read off each other a little bit more when, when you know that Mice is going to back me up if I screw wrong with the puck or, or the other way around. But <clears throat> I think we built, built something over the, the season, uh, trust, and, and um, I think we played, uh, played some good, good hockey over, over the season too. I mean, we had some bad games, we had some, some good games, but for the most part I thought we were uh, pretty good together. So uh, hopefully we can continue uh, building on that. Just one minute, guys. Sorry, JT hasn't been in three minutes, so if anyone has a last question for him, please ask it. Anyone have anything for JT? Just a, a follow-up for you then, Oliver, on uh, playing with, with Tyler Myers. You guys have both been very offensive defensemen in the past and throughout your NHL careers, but this year it felt like the defense kind of came together with you two as a pairing. Was it... Is it just something about you guys being veterans in the NHL that was kind of helping you guys figure out things defensively, or what worked between you two defensively this year? Uh, I think, I mean, I know Maisie can play with the puck. He's really, really good skater, moves the puck well, and and I would like to think that I do too. Um, but at the same time, I think just the whole situation with Huggy, uh, he's such a good, good skater and moves the puck and plays that kind of minutes in, in Ozone. Uh, so we just said that, hey, we're going to defend and, and got to do whatever we can to, to bring something to the table. Um, and I think we did, we did that, and, and hopefully we can keep building on that. For Oliver, uh, 
a lot of talk about you this year and how you did defensively, and you and Tyler having a lot of matchups. Uh, you got some points towards the end. Do you feel like you can do more? Do you feel feel like you've got another level yet that you can show this team? Yeah, um, I mean, I do, but at the same time, I think I thought it was going to be a little bit easier to to come in here and. and uh, um, it took some time to get used to everything. Uh, like I said before, I haven't really been in this situation before, getting traded and, and moving and and everything that includes that. Uh, so I know that I can uh, uh, put up a little bit more points maybe, uh, but at the same time, I think you got to realize too, we have Huggy and, and uh, sometimes you have to take a step back and, and realize what you can bring to the table and, and that was defending this year and and, uh, and I might have given up a little bit more also uh, time, uh, but at the same time, um, I'm happy to do that. It's fun to defend, it's fun to play against uh, the other team's top top line and, and uh, yeah. So I'm fine with whatever, but yeah, I mean, I think everybody wants to put up more points, and, and I'm going to try to do that. Do you think it's possible to have, I don't want to just to use the term number one defenseman, do you think it's possible to have two number one guys offensively on the same team, or do you think there's only, like, there's only one on the power play one? Is, is it tough for two guys both to max out offensively on the same team? No, I don't think so. I I mean, uh, I play with Huggy. Uh, a lot this year too, uh, so um, I think you can make it work. I don't think it's it's a bad thing to have have uh, a lot of guys like that. Well, this summer, on July 13th, anyway, you'll be eligible to sign an extension. Um, you've obviously put down roots here, played your whole career here, but uh, what would it mean to you um, to go through that process to commit here long term? Yeah, I mean, no, I obviously. Love the city of Vancouver. I mean, this is where it all started for me, and um, you know, I've I've really enjoyed my time here over the last uh, eight seasons. Now it feels like yesterday I was just starting. But I mean, you know, obviously uh, we'll talk when that time comes, and you know, I still got another year yet to play. But um, obviously, like my wife and I love the city of Vancouver. We've built, um, you know, I've had uh, a lot of great times here, and, and built. Uh, built our lives here basically um so you know again i love the city i love the people i love the team the organization so i mean uh, it'd be an honor to stay here but i mean again we um yeah we'll leave it to you know to when we get to talk and, and see what happens there is uh captain bo horvat stating his love for the city of vancouver and how much he and his uh, family would like to stay here. He is a year away from unrestricted free agency. We'll take a break and uh, have more exclusives uh, coming up here on Canuck Central. Special edition of Canuck Central live at the Canucks season-ending player availabilities. Uh, currently, we will join Quinn Hughes, Brock Besser, Elias Pettersson, and Connor Garland at the podium. Morning, everybody. Everybody get here okay? Did you run, anybody run the marathon? No. I got stuck in it. <laughs> uh, Brock, um, you've had quite a year. I mean, you went through COVID. Uh, you had the injury, but you had a pretty good spurt of late. I think you had 19 goals with, with Bruce in the second half. Uh, what did you make of your season? Yeah. Um, it's obviously, it was a tough year. Um, I felt I could have 
been better for the team. Um, you know, I, I still think, you know, getting 23 girls, goals is pretty good, but I feel I can score a bit more for this team. And, um, you know, when Bruce took over, I, I think I, I started to find my game and, and score goals and get confident again. And, um, and then, you know, there's, there's some things away from the rink that were tough this year. So um, it, was, uh, it was definitely a challenging year. When you said better, I mean, you're obviously your natural goal scorer, Brock, but better in what ways for the team? <clears throat> um, sorry, one sec. Sure. Um, yeah, to get back to hockey, um, you know, just a uh, 200-foot game, I think. Um, you know, I, I really took pride last year in making sure, you know, I was, it was good in the D zone. Um, I know I uh, felt that I wasn't as good in the D zone this year and, um, you know, little details like that and showing up on a consistent basis. Um, you know, I felt that, you know, there are times where, you know, I get into games and didn't feel confident and really didn't make much of a difference. So, um, you know, I think if I can fix that and, and be more consistent for this team, we could we could get a few more wins and then, you know, we'd be in the playoffs. Just a couple more for me, Brock. You know, you're you're wired to handle a lot of things in life. You've got a, a, a great attitude, and we know there's been some challenges on the home front. Did, did that make it a more difficult season? Yeah, um, to say the least, it was really hard. I mean, we kind of got to know from a distance Duke. I mean, it, I don't know if it's fair for me to ask, is he okay or... Sorry. No, I can answer it. He's 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 not doing well. Um, he has pretty bad dementia right now. It's it's uh, onset and. It's gone pretty pretty bad this year, and it's, it's really hit me hard. Thank you, Brian. In terms of hockey, uh, Quinn uh, and and Elias, for both of you, particularly after the coaching change, you got put in a lot of spots, whether it was the penalty kill or closing games late that perhaps you hadn't been. Um, how much did that mean to the two of you in terms of your development this season? <clears throat> yeah, I think I think that uh, me and P, we want to be really good players. We want to help the team win, and um, to be given the trust and put in those spots means a lot to us. And um, I think I'm most proud of the PK and my plus minus this year, and I'm sure PD feels the same way. <clears throat> In terms of um, in terms of what Brock's been going through uh, behind the scenes um, and the support that he's gotten from the team, uh, whether it's been you know uh, the ability to go to Dallas late or, or what have you, um, obviously you guys are close. We can tell that you three are all impacted too by um, Brock's reaction today. Uh, what's it been like to support him 
just as a teammate and friend? Yeah, I mean, um, I got, <laughs> got emotional there when he got it. Um, but, I mean, I, he's, um, he's a fucking a, He's a valued member of the team, obviously. Everyone likes Brock. We're going to need Brock to be really good if we want to be good. And it's really, I mean, even us, we can't comprehend what he's going through. It's tough for him. And, you know, all we can do is try to be there for him. And we need him next year, like I said. And hopefully, um, you know, I don't want to speak too much on his situation, but hopefully, you know, we can get, be the best support system for him. And um, he's got really good friends here on the team and in Minnesota that have been helping him. And, um, yeah, for him, I think it's important for him to go home to Minnesota and spend good, good quality time with his family and, um, you know, enjoy, enjoy the summer and then come back ready to go, and I think he'll do that. He's a motivated kid, and uh, he'll be fine. He's going he's gonna to come back. He's going to have a great year next year. Believe that. <clears throat> Connor, you were asked over the course of the season sort of about the ups and downs. You had two coaches here. You adjusted to a new city and new country and everything else. Like, as you step back, I mean, how do you look at year one as a, a Vancouver Canuck? <clears throat> Well, I think, uh, you know, the trade was made to, you know, help this team get in the playoffs, and we didn't do it. So, uh, obviously not very good. Um, I'd never been traded before, so it was a big adjustment. Kind of just tried to learn on the fly how to how to deal with it. And, um, you know, I felt as the year went on, I got more comfortable in the city. Um, but, you know, it was it was uh, pretty easy to come into that room. A lot of good guys, great leadership group, um, you know, fun, fun group of young guys to be around. And, you know, we... Uh, we won there for for quite a bit after uh, you know December, I'd say, and uh, that was a lot of fun to be to be in the hunt for a bit there, and just uh, you know looking forward to next year. Elias, how encouraged are you? I suppose with your performance and production, the the second half of the season. I mean, this year really was two years in one. Yeah. I don't know how much time you've spent reflecting on what didn't work in the first half, but you looked a lot like the Elias Patterson of the first two seasons. How encouraged are you heading into the off season and to next year? Yeah, I mean, I'm very, I don't know what word to use, dialed in, ex- excited to just get back in the gym, get back to training. I mean, um, I'm happy with the way I started, or <clears throat> when I ended the season. Um, um, so, yeah, I can't wait for for um, next year. And, uh, uh, start from uh, game one. I don't want to revisit a whole lot here, but it's our last chance to talk yep. to you. I mean, the slow start at one point mid-season, you mentioned that the risk was a bit of an issue. I mean, can you just kind of fill us in? Like, was that the main reason for the slow start? No, it wasn't. I mean, I was. Um, I mean, I'm probably too honest, but I mean, I'm. I was a little caught up with. Uh, with like a new contract, missing training camp, uh, expectations were raised. Um, I mean, I still felt it, but it wasn't an excuse. I wasn't as confident as I, I guess, always were. Um, and that's where the biggest issue. And and the more games I played, and it didn't go on well. Uh, like the more I like, um, not dwell on it, but. Um, 
I guess, somewhat. Um, but then on the other hand, um, I turned around, I got experience from it, I learned how to deal with, I guess, the toughest part of my hockey career so far. So um, I like to think of positive uh, that now I've gone through it and hopefully I don't have a bad stretch like that. But if I do, I know how to get out of it. Elias, when I asked Quinn about going on the PK right from the get-go, and then I asked him about what do you think it would mean for Petey to get that same opportunity on the PK, and you said, he said, just, just, just watch. What did it mean to you? Because it's also, this game's about opportunity, right? It's, it's about becoming a well-rounded player. Yeah. Uh, what did it mean to you? And, and just Bruce's influence on you, because you know, we see you guys, when things weren't going well, he seemed to pull you aside. He seemed to be just good for you on every conceivable level. Uh, yeah, I'll start with the PK. I mean, I'm happy I got that opportunity. I mean, I uh, can't say I played it that much growing up, but um, I mean, I th- it's I mean, it's fun. It's a different aspect to the game and something I wanted to learn and be good at. Um, and <clears throat> and yeah, with Bruce, ever since he came in, he's just been like a positive influence. Uh, just um, taking his time with me, like. Uh, um, and like just being uh, happy with me all the time, and just like, do you shoot the park? Like he's been telling me shoot the park all all year, or ever since he got here. So um, he's been great, great coming in, and of course he was a definitely definitely helped me uh, turn around my season. Uh, question for you, Quinn. I guess when Bruce comes in here, I'm sure that the confidence in the group may not be at the highest point. What did he do for this team's confidence for you guys every night? I think he's just really competitive and he wants to win. And uh, that was the first thing I noticed. And um, He's just a really good person and guys want to play for him. And uh, um, I thoroughly enjoyed playing for him. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we can just keep it going. And uh, he was... He's fun to play for, I'll say that. Uh, Connor, question for you. Creating a lot of offense at 5-on-5 seemed to be your strong suit this season. Um, you got a little bit of opportunity on the uh, power play in as well, but what is it about 5-on-5 that helps your offense kind of grow when you're playing with the top players in this lineup? Uh, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I've always kind of you know, had success producing 5-on-5. It's, you know... You know, it's about going to the, the hard areas of the ice. That's where you score five and five, front of the net, or, you know, place down low, converging on the net. And, uh, you know, I played with guys like Petey or Millsy or Bo, you know, trying to find them in the in the soft ice, um, you know, after beating a guy down low. Um, but, you know, I think five and five, you know, a lot of us, you know, we matched up, uh, especially in the later half of the season, against the top lines, played against uh, McKinnon and uh, – uh, Robertson's line in Dallas and all those teams, um, you know, and that's that's probably the hardest part about it is just you know being ready to play against those guys each and every night. But uh, you know, it's a fun challenge, and um, you know, it's it's hard to score five and five, and um, you know, I take pride in that. So, you know, hopefully, continue that next year. You know, whoever I play with, and um, you know, go from there. Uh, before my last question, I just want to say, guys, really nice you guys to support Brock. He's going to need that in the off season. It's nice to see you guys do that. Um, Petey, question for you. Um, when you get on the penalty kill this year, Bo kind of talked about it before coming up here. Um, you said that you got an active stick, you're willing to go to the dirty areas, and you got to kind of showcase that on the penalty kill this year. How proud of that 
were you to be able to see that you were able to do that at the NHL level? Because we didn't see that in the SHL. I don't know if you did it when oh, you were 16, but um, to be able to do that in the NHL and have success, how proud of yourself are you for that? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, it's the way I I want to play. I mean, I'm not the not the biggest out there, but I'm always gonna play with um, play with my heart and always try to do my best. And um, and, and on the PK, um, and on the PK, I mean, it's 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 fun playing. I mean, it's uh, I like to think how. Uh, their power play is thinking uh, where they want to put the puck next. So I, I always like trying to anticipate and read where the next play is going. So that's why I'm pretty aggressive because I kind of sense where the puck is going next. So, um, so but um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy I was able to to be a pretty good PK and I I know I have a lot to work on there, but I'll yeah I'll keep working on. it. Uh, Quinn, when you look at the best athletes of all time, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, some of them, for them, winning is everything. How do you take the winning is everything mentality into the offseason? Yeah, I think that um, you know, guys aren't happy to be in this situation right now. I mean, I mean, you know, we are proud of ourselves for the way we battled back the last four months. But, I mean, it really doesn't mean anything if we're not, you know, playing for a cup in the playoffs. And, um I know these guys up here are not happy about it, and uh, I think next year, going into next season, I think we really truly believe that we can, um, you know, start the way we finish and kind of go from there and see what we can do. But uh, I think winning is everything, so, yeah. Uh, My question, Quinn, dovetails really nicely off that one, I think. Um, at the beginning, all through the year, you've talked so much about wanting to improve your defensive game, and, and that has obviously come along very well. Um, but over these final few games, with talk of your record and everything else, you've been so focused on, on winning and on the team portion of it, and it feels like your role as a leader on this team is changing and, and evolving. Is that something that you have started to set your mind to or something that, uh, that Bruce has encouraged from you? Yeah, I think Bruce has encouraged it, and, I, and even the older guys as well. Um, I think I can be a better leader, and I need to keep improving on that because it is important. And um, you know, I'm still 22. This guy's 23. Garley's young, and I think we're still trying to learn and get there. <laughs> and uh, we'll find our way next year. I can improve on that. But, um, you know, I want to win, like you said, and I want to, you know, have – our culture to keep improving and growing and um, our accountability to be high. And um, that's all words. for So for me, I think I just need, I need to have a really good summer and go into the season and uh, try to be, you know, one of the top guys in testing and um, take it from there. Thanks. And um, all three of you have played at World Championships in the past. I'm wondering if any of you are going to go this year. Um, still deciding. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go. I just go, yeah. I just, it's no. I had to let them know yesterday I won't be able to, <clears throat> to go this year. I, I enjoyed it last year, and it's a, it's a good time for anybody who goes. Quinn, last year, I might have been in this setting, but on Zoom, of course, um, you talked about <clears throat> wanting to improve your defensive play over the course of the offseason, and obviously you came in and did that. Uh, that's kind of what great players often do, right? They, they pick the weaknesses of their game and... and improve that as they mature in this league? Is there anything 
this year um, that's going to be a focus for you this offseason? Yeah, I mean, um, <clears throat> I think I'm going to keep improving my D zone, and um, Shenner's really helped. I mean, he really stabilized me, and he, he doesn't get enough credit for that, and I'm also playing in front of one of the best goalies in the world. But um, I think I can keep improving, and the, the one thing I think I can really improve on is scoring. I mean, I miss a lot of opportunities to change the course of a game, and um, I think if I can score maybe five to ten more chances and have five to ten more goals, that'll really help, and that's something I want to do. I just want to, you said scoring as opposed to, like, my shot, right? <clears throat> um, when you're thinking about those chances, are, are they some of those in-tight chances or, like, some of those backhand chances you've had over the course yeah, of the I year? mean, it's your shot, but also finding those holes as well. Like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I should be scoring five to six of those a year, and um, we lost 12 overtime goals or shootouts, and I think I can score. Hope maybe one or two more on there as well. So, I mean, we'll figure it out. And, and as <clears throat> for you, um, faceoffs in particular, I know it was something you really wanted to be better at. And in the second half of the year, you were the results started to sort of come. Um, what does what has that meant to you? And and how do you keep drilling yourself on that this off season? Yeah, I mean, um, that's obviously something I needed to work on and get better at than. Um, like you said, I mean, I had a little better uh, second half on in the face of that, but I mean, I still want to do that a full season and be consistent at it, and hopefully be over. I don't know. I don't like to set up goals, but maybe try to be over fifty percent for next year. There is uh, Quinn Hughes, Elias Patterson, Connor Garland. And uh, Brock Besser was a part of the group as well, um, but he got emotional when uh, talking about some challenges away from the ice regarding the health of his father, uh, Duke, and uh, then later excused himself from the availability. Uh, We will continue to bring you all of the um, avails from the players here on the Canucks season end player availability. We will hopefully have another exclusive interview for you as well. It's Dan Richo and Satyar Shah. This is Canuck Central. Canuck Central, Dan Richo and Satyar Shah. We are uh, awaiting the next group of players to come up for their season ending availability. And they've just started. Let's hear from Tanner Pearson, Tyler Myers at the podium. Not sure we didn't get a chance to talk to you the other night, but uh, congratulations on being named team MVP. What, what does that mean to you? Um, it's an honor, obviously. Um, it's uh, pretty cool. But uh, I, mean, I thought we had a, a lot of guys that had really good years, too. So um, I obviously appreciate the, the accolade. But um, you know, I think as a team, we all wanted to accomplish a little bit more. So it's uh, bittersweet, for sure. What, if anything, can you share with us about the nature of the injury that ended your season? Was it something that happened in-game? Was it just kind of wear and tear? And what is the prognosis? Um, yeah, so it, um, it happened probably about a month ago. Um, and it was during a game, too. So um, I knew something was up right away, but obviously we were kind of in the mix there. So um, it was something I was trying to play through for uh, the last little bit here. And um, ultimately... When it got to a certain point, I made the decision with the medical staff to uh, shut it down. 
is it something that will heal on its own, or will it require any kind of procedure? Uh, we're still thinking about what uh, the next steps might be. And Tanner, uh, I see the thumb is still uh, got the splint on it mm-hmm. there. Uh, what happened in, in your situation? Um, broke it. Um, was uh, was close, I think, to to, to get him back. Um, you know, it was a tough, real tough time to for it to happen and, and not be able to um, talk to people to see if I could, and it just didn't work out. Um, but no, it's it's probably halfway healed, and you know, we'll just take a week by week here still. And that was early. Like, was that the first shift of the Arizona game? Yeah, yeah, dead on first shift and. Um, knew something was up. <laughs> yeah, finger kept uh, getting bigger and bigger. Um, took an image and wasn't good. Uh, Tyler, question for you. We just spoke to OEL uh, prior, and he said that Quinn Hughes did such a good job kind of taking the load off of you guys and allowing you guys to play a little bit of a different style than you've probably played throughout your career. You guys were kind of relied on to be the shutdown pairing. How would you feel you did in that role that – kind of puts you guys into a position to play behind a guy like Quinn? Uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed playing with O. He, uh, you know, I, I thought we developed a lot of chemistry pretty early coming coming out of camp. And, um, you know, two pretty big guys, uh, long sticks. So I thought it went pretty well. Um, but, uh, you know, his... You look at where you end up in the season. You always look to see what you can do better. So, um, you know, it's something you you look at the the good and the bad, and and you figure out how you can move forward as a group. Uh, from training camp to I guess the end of the season now, what's something that you learned about Oliver that you maybe didn't know at the start of the year? And I'm talking on the ice, maybe not off the ice, kind of thing. Um, uh, always knew he's a really good player. Um, you know, playing against him uh, during his time with Arizona. Uh, one thing I noticed right away is, uh, you know, he skates very well for a bigger guy. And, uh, you know, he's, I thought when he, you know, right from the get-go coming in the van, I thought uh, I thought he played very well. Um, you know, he, he was the player I thought he was. And, you know, there wasn't much surprise there. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Um, question for you, Tanner. You end up putting up 13 even strength goals, I think, this year. It's somewhere where you found a lot of success scoring. How confident were you able to kind of move around the lineup? It feels like in the past couple of years you were always with Bo, yeah. uh, but you moved around a little bit, played with JT. How nice was that to you to be rewarded with 13 even strength goals this year? Yeah, I think obviously I'm not, you know, the guy that's going to get, you know, first power play time. And, and you know, obviously not a lot of goals are scoring the PK and whatnot. So, you know, for, for to – to contribute, you know, you need to help out five and five, and um, you know, I thought I did a good job of that this year, and um, you know, obviously playing with with Millsy is such a uh, you know play driver, and um, you know, look at the year he had, it was you know a lot of fun to play with him. Um, but yeah, it's you know, you just got to look to be consistent, uh, you know, about that. For uh, Tyler uh, Quinn mentioned the culture of the team. And I think it's one of the things that both Rutherford and Alvin have sort of touched on since they arrived about the culture, not just for games, but practices and everything you do as players. How, how do you assess, how would you say the culture of the team is, is right now? And has it, 
has it evolved this season uh, after the regime change? Uh, I was going to say uh, it's heading in the right direction for sure. Um, you know, I thought, uh, you know, I thought the group this year came together in the room probably as, as well as, you know, I've seen during my time here. And, uh, you know, it's a really good group of guys. Um, you know, we, we started to play the way, you know, we knew we could uh, the second half of the year. And, you know, you could tell it brought us together. And, uh, you know, it, it's not completely there, uh, but it's certainly, uh, you know, trending in the right direction. And Connor Garland said uh, after the Edmonton game, he talked about Quinn making, getting up and saying something to the team about culture. And I guess it was he got the belt after, uh, I think, the Seattle game. Were you surprised the 22-year-old was talking to the team about culture? Um, well, I mean, you, you're, it's, it's mandatory. You have to give a little speech if you're giving the belt away. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I think, uh, you know, with what Husey said, uh, you know, all the guys are really, uh, you know, I don't want to say surprised, but, um, you know, the words that he said, uh, you know, you could tell he's he's growing up as a as a player and as a as a person in the room, becoming becoming one of the leaders. And um, you know, for him, uh, you know, he's he's been around a little bit now that you know he can take those next steps to start becoming a bit more of a voice in the room. And, and do you like that? I mean, once upon a time, young players, no matter how good they were, they were supposed to be differential and just sit in the, you know, be quiet. But the guys like Petey and Quinn, who obviously are uh, among the best players on this team, do you like to see that little more overt leadership from them? Yeah, you want you want to see young guys, you know, speak up. You know, I don't, I don't think just because a guy's young, you know, he needs to stay quiet in the corner. Um, you know, especially with the the way the league is going, young guys are such big drivers on a lot of teams, and for our guys, um, you know, with how big of drivers they are for us. Uh, we need them to step up and be leaders for us, you know, inside the room. And uh, you can you can see them taking steps with it, and uh, I'm sure it'll only get better. Thatcher, how satisfied were you uh, with your season and how you played being a starter for the first time in an 82-game season? Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of my first go-around at it, like you're saying. So um, there was definitely a lot of things I learned through the process, and um, things that I think that I can improve on uh, going forward. Um, you know, I thought at times I, I was really happy with my game, and there were some times where you know I wasn't so happy. So um, overall, I thought it was a, a positive year for me. Um, but again, just being able to go through it and, and understand it through experience, I think, is, is something that I was obviously missing uh, previously. So um, yeah, just taking taking what I learned and moving forward for next year. And uh, I don't know if you had a number in mind of how many games you'd play. I think a lot of people thought that Yarrow would play more. Uh, I don't think many people thought that you would play as much as you did. Did did that repetition, just playing so much, was that a c- contributing factor to your injury, or was the injury no. the type of thing that could have happened in yeah, any just, game? Yeah, it was just a weird little play, a weird position. What about the baseline, though, of 61 starts and 64 appearances? Um, 
you know, to be at your best if this team is going to be a playoff team? Like, is there a number that's too much for a number one on the West Coast traveling and everything else? Or what do you sort of learn about the workload um, to be at your best come playoff time? Um, I mean, like I said, I think just going through it this year was uh, really important for me. You know, I, I'm not a guy that's afraid to play. Um, you know, I thought that there were some times uh, during the year where, you know, I was kind of learning as I went and um, kind of adapting on the fly. And uh, I think moving forward, I'll be able to handle that um, a little bit better. And, um, you know, like I said, I'm not afraid to play games. So uh, whatever the team needs from me, I'll be willing to provide. Uh Tanner, I wanted to ask about Vasily Podkolzin a little bit. You're a player who plays on the wing, plays a good two-way game. How impressed were you with the, the Russian rookie to, in this season? Uh, I have a lot of hope for that kid. I think he's going to be an unbelievable player. Um, I think, you know, uh, being a young guy and how young he is, I think we forget he's still, what, 19 or something like that. And um, So it, when I think when he learns... You know, kind of the game within the game and has that type of confidence. And, you know, it's going to be, he's going to be something else. You can skate like the wind. You can shoot a puck like I haven't seen. And, um, you know, I've, I think he's going to score a lot of goals. Seemed like he's, uh, he had a lot of laughs in his media availability. Did you see him kind of personality grow as the season went on? Yeah, his, uh, his English definitely kept getting better and better. Um, uh, yeah, he, I think he, he thinks it's a lot worse than it actually is. Um, but no, he's always, he was shy at the beginning. Um, you know, guys got him to open up and, um, you know, when he started getting confidence in his, in, in the language and, um, it was a lot of fun to be around. Absolutely. Uh, Thatcher for you, I'm sure you, you work a lot with Ian Clark, obviously, and it's pretty intense work from what we hear from the outside looking in. Are you looking forward to, uh, the wedding this, this summer to kind of relax a little bit? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to it, regardless of working with Ian. But <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I don't know. It's uh, to be determined. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously a big summer for me in other ways, um, you know, not just hockey-related. So, um, yeah, excited for it. Uh, I guess I've got to ask about Ian then. I think watching this relationship build between you guys, is it just – getting better every year kind of with you and is it kind of something that excites you to be able to work with one of the best goaltending minds in the world yeah I mean that's you know why I went to bat for him last year um thought I made that pretty clear um and I mean just like any relationship the more time you spend with someone the the closer you guys get so um we uh you know obviously had another good year of working together this year and um just continue it next year Thatcher, uh, goaltending tandems are really important in terms of getting to know the other guy, the person, and the player. Uh, Spencer had that good three-game spurt in January, and, of course, we saw him here at the end. How much are you looking forward to working with him, and what did you see in him from afar? Yeah, I mean, obviously he played great. Um, every opportunity he got this year, I thought he, he looked awesome, and um, he has some confidence to him, and uh, he's a good guy. So, I mean, I, I don't know him overly well, to be honest. You know, he's uh, obviously was around him a little bit at camp and then anytime he was called up but um yeah i'm looking forward to getting to know him a little bit better and um like you said i think it's important to have a good good relationship with your goalie partner there is uh thatcher demko tyler myers and tanner pearson expecting to hear from tyler myers here 
In a few moments, we'll have an exclusive interview with the uh, Canucks' big defenseman. 